Do you ever find you feel disappointed in your relationships or in any other areas of life? Today, we're going to talk about disappointment, what it is, and what you can do about it in your relationships. If you'd like to find out more about how you can improve your relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com, where you can also take our free online conflict style quiz. Welcome to today's episode of The Relationship Maze. And today we're going to be talking about disappointment. Yes, I mean, I think everyone has had an experience of disappointment at some point in their life. Well, I'm sure more than once. Uh, This kind of experience of where you've had um, expectations, some sort of expectations of an event of a person, you expected something to happen. It didn't happen and you feel let down, you feel deflated, you feel a bit low, right? Can you think of a situation recently where you experienced disappointment? Yeah, so I, I mean, I, th- I think that's like, for example, um, you know, say you're expecting to go out with some friends somewhere and you've arranged something and uh, like at the last minute they cancel. You know, that sort of thing where, you know, you you kind of feel sad, you feel upset because in your mind you've expected to go somewhere and kind of maybe have fun and it doesn't happen. So, so, you know, it's these sort of things that they can have a lasting impact sometimes. And, you know, for some people it's not a big deal. But for other people, it can it can really eat into their relationship where, you know, people can have disappointment after disappointment and it, it can really negatively affect relationships in a long time. Mm. Because, you know, when can you think of a time recently you felt disappointed? Uh, yes, I mean, very acutely. Um, last week I had this big um, art fair that I participated in. It was the first time I've done a thing on this scale. It was... Um, And it was a really incredible experience. I was very nervous about it in advance. And I had this amazing first day, the private view, lots of people turned up. Um, I had quite a few sales, which really surprised me because my previous expectations had been uh, to think that I wouldn't have any sale of works because that's what other artists had experienced. But I had these sales and then kind of that kind of did something with me. It, It set new expectations that I didn't have. Previously, so then the next day I went in and I thought, oh, well, I'm going to sell lots and lots more work here, brought in some new pieces. And that didn't happen. And it didn't happen the next day. And then on the last day, I had another sale. But it didn't quite turn out to be the way, go the way that I wanted it to in terms of sales of work. In other in other aspects, it was a fantastic experience. I got lots of positive feedback. That was great. But I, I remember... I had this kind of sinking feeling. It was really hard to beat. Once this idea had set, um, had kind of uh, settled in my mind that more people were going to buy my work and it didn't happen, I really felt very disappointed. Um, and it was almost like a visceral sensation. I felt really sad uh, at the end of the fair. Um, and carried this around for a day or so. And then I, you know, and then I decided, okay, this is, you know, I have to kind of review this, reframe this situation, really kind of learn to manage it and acknowledge that I wasn't feeling as happy as I could be about the outcome, acknowledging that things weren't turning out the way that I wanted them to turn out. 
And there was also something about um, adjusting my expectations maybe in the future. Um, there's something about so realistic and unrealistic expectations here maybe. And I, uh, my disappointment related to my unrealistic expectations of what might the outcome be. Yeah, so... And I think this is a similar sort of thing that can happen in relationships where, mm. you know, we, we may have expectations or we may kind of have an idea of how a relationship's going to be. Mm. And, and I think often, you know, when we get into relationships, when there's that honeymoon period, we get used to this idea that maybe it's exciting, maybe it's kind of, maybe it's really all fun all the time. Maybe the other person is this amazing person that, you know, we've been looking for for years and years. And mm. then, Suddenly, when that honeymoon period goes, uh, when when it passes by, which you know, in relationships, that honey that does change. You know, we start to kind of get a sense of that person, who they are, without those rose-colored lenses, where we don't filter them in and see just the good qualities. Mm-hmm. And that can often lead to a sense of disappointment, where we feel, you know, this isn't this isn't maybe what we signed up for, what we kind of wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that can be problematic so you know for some people particularly if you know there may be more of an avoidant attachment style that might be the sign well you know this person isn't the one so let's kind of move on whereas you know it's sometimes it's working through those sort of expectations and the ideas of what we thought we wanted where we can get something deeper and I think the, the key question with this is, you know, who causes the disappointment? Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, in the end, uh, you just disappoint yourself, don't you? Uh, I think I did this to myself. Nobody disappointed me. I just set myself an expectation that wasn't met, but I could have had, I could have adjusted my expectation and I wouldn't have been disappointed, right? So it's something actively that you do to yourself. Yeah, so disappointment, essentially, as with really every emotion, comes from inside of ourselves. Mm. Although when we come to relationships and any sort of interaction, um, we can have a we can influence the likelihood that someone's going to feel disappointed too. So, you know, for example, if I was to say to you, okay, we're going to go to this really nice restaurant and it's really great. And, mm. and then, you know, like the day of the thing, I say, oh, sorry, I'm busy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's likely that you're going to feel disappointed because okay. I've created, I've created this expectation, and I've influenced you to kind of have this expectation yourself. So it's likely that we can cause disappointment. The same thing, I suppose, where you know something like uh, like what you're talking about with a with, with someone where it, we're exhibiting, or even, I've mm-hmm. seen this in business a lot, where you know there's all these promises, like, and you know, I've seen these sort of things you know I've I've tried some of these things myself where you know create create this course and make your kind of lifelong dream of making passive income through signing up to this and these expectations of this idea is created which you know in reality they they may not really fit in this is Mm -hmm. what a lot of marketing does maybe it sometimes oversells or it sells a dream which isn't actually what's going to be experienced as a result, we feel disappointment. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it obviously it sort of it relates back to expectations, doesn't it? And it relates back to expectations that are maybe more realistic and some which are more related to fantasy. Yeah. So yeah. to come back, for example, to what you just mentioned, if you ask me out to a restaurant, then um, 
and uh, and I created some ideas in my head about what this amazing restaurant that you promised me would look like. And then we go there and I find out that actually it doesn't quite live up to the idea that I created in my head. Then yes, I might be disappointed, but also I might be disappointed because I'd created uh, a, a fantasy in my head. Whereas if you didn't take me to the restaurant, then maybe uh, the disappointment would be more justified because you'd let me down. Yeah. So there is a there is a difference here. I think there's something about the there's something about the uh, the your expectations and to what extent they are how realistic they are. Yeah. So there's the two levels of disappointment, which is we create disappointment in ourselves through what we imagine or what we fantasize about. Like mm. I fantasize about this relationship where the other person's going to kind of you know do whatever. Uh, in this relationship, they're going to play this role, and they end up not doing that. And this this kind of fantasy has been something that that I've kind of created in my mind, or mm. you know, I think from an early age with everything like some of the fantasy films, like some Disney films, where you know <laughs> the idea is you know you see this prince charming or whatever it happens to be that this one true love will come riding along on horseback and. You know, we, we create these sort of fantasies of what a relationship will be like, which ultimately are frequently unrealistic. So we may mm. feel disappointed. Mm. And there's the other side in a relationship where, you know, once there is more than one person involved, we, you know, we have these expectations that may be unrealistic about the other person, maybe sometimes realistic. Um, but the other person also offers some of these sort of dreams through what they're promising themselves and we may kind of elaborate on that with our own imagination but you know if I if I ask mm. you if I say hey let's go here and we kind of make this agreement and you've know, created this sort of commitment then that is an extra level where the other person can you know influence your experience of disappointment and I think most people mm. would I think this is the thing where you know, we create disappointment ourselves. Ultimately, the feeling comes from us. At the same time, in a relationship, um, I think there's that sense of, you know, creating that commitment to what we agree on. So well, when, yeah. when that commitment's not kind of met, then there is that sense of disappointment, which, you know, I think to a large extent is is maybe more justified. Uh, exactly. I mean, I think you're picking up um, a really important point here that it's also about if the expectation, my expectation is based on uh, a promise that's been made to you, then then I'm right to be disappointed. Um, then maybe the, the disappointment is created by the other person rather than by myself because there's a broken promise. Yeah. But if it's something that I create in my own head, uh, as you say, a fantasy around something, then maybe I'm more responsible. I can take more responsibility for my own ideas about how things should pan out. So maybe it's a bit of both. Responsibility can be taken on both sides. Yeah, it's both. I mean, ultimately, mm -hmm. you know, and I think this is an argument that's used in a lot of personal development courses and in different areas of um, self-help psychology, which often encourages that thinking that all emotions, uh, we're responsible for all of our emotional reactions. Mm. And to some extent, you know, there there is truth in that, that the emotion comes from me. Like, you know, if I want to show love to somebody, I can't give you a box which has love inside it and, you know, you unwrap that box and then feel love. Because ultimately, you know, it's not an object. It's something that is comes from within us. 
Mm. So, you know, there's that sense that we can't actually give somebody love. We can express it to them. And then hopefully they feel that as well. Uh, mm. But it's not something we can directly pass as an, like an object. Like I can give you, you know, like I can pass you, um, you know, a box of chocolates, which is physical. Mm. Mm, so absolutely. that feeling of love comes from within us. And ultimately disappointment does too. However, the conditions when there's more than one person involved, we do influence that. So I think I think it's really important because I, you know, I do know some people where you know maybe they've let their partner down and their partner's disappointed, and then it's like, well, you know, what are you getting so worked up about? Why are you so disappointed? You know, I've got to do this, and it's like there's that lack of understanding and almost blame about the fact the other person is having those feelings. So I think when there's more than one person involved, it is, it's beginning to separate. Where is, where is this my sort of expectations, which may be distorted? And where is this to do with that kind of promise that maybe we made together? Yeah, well, and there's also something about clarification um, that might be needed. Um, so I might have an expectation, an unspoken expectation, a desire more than an expectation about something that you do. But if I don't let you know about it, then you're bound to disappoint me, to disappoint me, aren't you? Because I haven't communicated very clearly what my idea is. Um, and then it's a bit of guesswork or a bit of potluck then. If the if the expectation isn't clarified, if it isn't made clear that you have an idea about a particular event, about a particular um, activity that you do together, or a particular set of behaviours, how is your partner to know? Really, um, they might just hit the the jackpot through sheer luck, right? But they might get it wrong, and then the and then there's this frustration. Um, so I think a large part of it, of course, is also always tied into clarifying what it is that, that you want your partner to do so that you don't get disappointment. Yes, exactly. So I think you know, one of the first things, and that's an important point, is you have to communicate with each other to be clear what the expectations are or, what, or kind of what the agreement is, you know, whether you're going out what you know some of even the routine things in the house that people get disappointed about so you know for example um you know clearing up after dinner or who's kind of going to do the washing up even these things we can feel disappointed in the other person we mm -hmm. can feel kind of let down because we haven't expressed it we haven't mm -hmm. created that agreement and some of it comes from our own past well really all does in terms of where these rules are when the other day mm -hmm. i was listening to a DJ on the radio who, and they were talking about sort of um, dating experiences. And one person would always feel that the other person isn't interested in them if the if they ask them to split the bill. Oh, that's so basically, old-fashioned so, yeah, so this, uh, this DJ, apparently she was saying, well, you know, I know I'll feel disappointed in the dates if the guy that kind of is taking me out doesn't offer to pay. Hmm. And I've heard, I've, I've, you know, there's still, it, lots of people have different sets of expectations around this. It still is, you know, I think a lot of people do hold on to this, which mm. you know, I think for the majority has changed, has shifted, where, you know, we see, you know, in terms of the power differential as well, that actually splitting the bell, bill can be, mm. you know, can be a great thing. Mm. So it's kind of, you know, that can be a sense, sense of equality. 
Mm. But essentially, that, that's in this person's mind. There's that disappointment that this other person isn't interested. It means all of these things to them. Yeah, but that's kind of them doing the disappointing to you, disappointing yourself, really. You're doing it to yourself. This is a really good example, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's I mean, you know, the, I mean, it's normal to have expectations, isn't it? You cannot not have expectations. That's entirely normal. Everyone does. And uh, the expectations also motivate you, don't they? Uh, you have an expectation to meet someone exciting. That's why you go on a date. Otherwise, you wouldn't bother. Um, so, but there is always this, this risk then of, uh, you know, of kind of what is it? What are your expectations? Uh, what are your expectations here? And are they really... Is this a really realistic one? Does it need to be adjusted? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that sort of thing is, you know, as we talked about in other podcasts as well, is that having that first sense of, you know, what's important to you? What are some of your expectations? You know, when mm-hmm. you start to date, what do you expect to the other person? What sort of, and I think actually it's useful to, you know, just get out a journal and start to write down, the times when I felt disappointed in my relationships in the past have been and start Mm -hmm. to write that down. So if you're currently in a relationship, it could be in that relationship, or if you're not in a relationship, it's a great time to reflect and start to think about times where you felt disappointed. Mm -hmm. You know, when you started dating, whether times you felt disappointed or later on in a relationship, what were some of the things that, that caused you to feel that disappointment could even say that caused you to choose to feel disappointed because mm-hmm. again, remembering that that comes from our own experience that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I said, you know, there may be times that people have broken promises where that can be more justified, but there are also times where you know, we feel disappointed and the other person is clueless as to what that's all about because we haven't expressed some of those things that we feel and some of those things that may be distorted. Yeah, I think it ties in what you just uh, mentioned there. So it ties into our values, doesn't it? What really, what are the sort of non-negotiables in our in our lives? Um, what is it that we really, um, we really cannot negotiate, we really absolutely expect from our partner? And if the expectation is for someone to go on a date and for the other person to pay the bill, if that is non-negotiable, then well, so be it. Yeah, then that will be a clincher, right? In terms of whether this relationship is going to, uh, you know, carry on or not. Um, they can make a decision then. Then I'm disappointed with this. This doesn't meet my expectations. I'm out. So yeah. So there's something around sort of values, really. What is what is really ultimately super important to you? Uh, what are your expectations? Um, from the other person here in regard to this particular value and if they don't meet it then then maybe you might have to you know you will be continuously disappointed unless well unless also it is uh, discussed maybe yeah and and looking at values I mean values probably go deeper than the specific thing so let's say you know let's say for example you often feel disappointed at a birthday or on Valentine's Day because your partner doesn't buy you something super expensive or whatever. It's sort of thinking, well, you know, you might think, well, where did this expectation come from? You know, how long have you had this? Mm-hmm. But also moving beyond that, because that's not really a value. That's just something that is more superficial, but sure. it represents a value. So when we think, 
you know, so what's important to you about having someone buy you something expensive on Valentine's Day or on your birthday, for example? And it might be, well, it shows me that they love me. So, you know, what's, what's important is to receive love. So sometimes we get that mixed up between something quite superficial, like having an expensive present, which means they love you, which doesn't mean the same thing. In fact, you know, people may buy expensive presents for somebody because, you know, they want to, you know, they want to influence that what that person does in a relationship, for example, but it's not necessarily a sign of love. We had mm. an earlier podcast on love languages where people have that different sense of what makes them feel loved, whether it's words being held, you know, gifts. But I think it's really important to think about, you know, what, what is it about these times, which, what does that represent, that deeper need? And does that really fulfill that deeper need? Because frequently it doesn't. We get mm. them mixed up. So I think it's it's being aware of where we distort what somebody does with what we want as a result of it, like being loved, being cared for, being kind mm-hmm. of, you know, the, the person that, that one of the most important people, person in, in that person's life, whatever it happens to be. Mm. Well, yeah, so we are, we are likely to be disappointed at some point, right, by our partner. Uh, it's to some extent, I think, inevitable. They're not going to hit all the boxes uh, all of the time. They might be, you know, it might be close, as close to perfect as can be, but they're not going to hit them all of the time. So, it's it's kind of normal to to um, to learn that actually this is this is the way. I'm not going to get I'm not going to get everything that I always wanted all of the time. No, and you know, if you do, then what does that say about you? It's like that sort of spoiled child. Like yes. I want to have everything all of the time, and I think again, it's separating again. You know, once you've thought about those times in the past where you felt disappointment, thinking, what are those triggers? Where mm. am I distorting things? Where it's actually this is something I'm just making up. Mm. And where does it come into those promises? Because when the promises are broken. Unless the other person, you know, expresses reasons for it or whatever, or negotiates on that, then you know, there's more that likelihood you will feel disappointed. Mm-hmm. But when we're constantly feeling disappointed, and we've never expressed that to the other person mm-hmm. in terms of some of those things that make us feel disappointed, and also own some of that ourselves from time to time, because sometimes it is unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Then I think it's about thinking. If you're feeling disappointed a lot in your relationship, is stop blaming the other person. Mm, mm, absolutely. Yeah. And actually, think actually, I'm creating some of this myself. And and what do you do with that blame? I mean, I know you know, I, I, I've met and, and kind of spoken with considerable numbers of people who um, they get disappointed a lot in relationships, and they do take it out on their partner. They blame them. They get upset with them. And often the partner is a bit clueless as to what's going on, but just feels bad as a result. Mm. And again, I think it's, you know, notice when we tend to blame other people for our disappointment and thinking, what role do they have in this? Did I express things clearly enough? Mm. Could we communicate this better? And is it my sort of distortions actually creates this disappointment in the first place within me? Mm. It's interesting because um, I was reading somewhere um, 
somebody was uh, an article that I read about disappointment, and somebody was uh, saying in this article, I can't remember who the author was, that um, that depression is ultimately um, a manifestation of a series of disappointments, which I thought was an interesting interpretation of depression. I think there's something in it, isn't there? When you are uh, chronically depressed, you're likely to be chronically disappointed. Um, and there might be something, you know, obviously there are usually very good reasons why you're depressed. Um, and it'd be interesting just to, to look at it from this perspective, from the pers perspective of disappointments and expectations that haven't been met. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I just have to read more on that. I think that that's mm. one small piece of it. But I think mm. with dis with depression as well, there's that sense of hopelessness that sure. nothing you do is going to make a difference. Mm. So in a way, it stops you being disappointed. In fact, in fact, in some ways, depression could stop you being disappointed because it stops you from doing things that might lead to disappointment. So well, it could it be a related. factor. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, but it might relate to past disappointments, yeah? This sense of, yeah. It could do. I'm, I mean, I think that might be part of it for some people, but I think, you know, it's there's probably a lot more in it for for a lot of people as well. But, yeah, but I mean, that's an interesting, you know, might be interesting. Well, I think it's an interesting interpretation and uh, a definition. It's definitely worth kind of unpacking at another point. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Great. Well, um, I think we've uh, covered quite a bit today, so we'll finish up today, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please tune in next time. Um, head over to relationshipmaze.com if you'd like to find out more information about how to improve your relationship, uh, and we look forward to speaking with you next week. See you then. Take good care. Bye. Bye.